right, let's get some uh, player audio coming up here in just a bit as we welcome you back into the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. So we were just we were just having a conversation during the break with what am I talking about? During during our tearing segment, my mind is just a sieve right now, Josh. During our tearing segment, we were having a conversation about what Kansas State was going to do at quarterback, right? And then we finished up our conversation with Lee Sterling the unknown about what's going to happen in Manhattan this weekend at the quarterback position for Kansas State. This morning, Kansas State sent out a little hype video, and in the hype video at K-State FB, the headline says, Be Relentless. And literally, all two minutes of the video are like Will Howard, showing his big throws, you know, that slow-mo video, walking around him while he's getting warmed up. I don't think anyone would want to tip their hand too terribly much, but is that a potential hint about what Kansas – I mean, literally, dude, the whole video is Will Howard dropping dimes and Deuce Vaughn breaking free. That's pretty much so, been the last two weeks for Kansas well, yeah, State exactly. football, outside of him, uh, <laughs> Good outside of him getting hurt, so – <laughs> um, a hint, maybe, or is it just, listen, those are our highlights from the last few weeks, bro. When we're putting together a hype video, I don't think anyone's trying to be too, oh, my gosh, what message might this send if it's all X guy or Y guy? I, here's something that I have learned over the last few years, and I say, well, everything is the last few years, but things – OSU see, or excuse me, Texas sees this. Right? They've got people kind of, all right, what do we make of this? You know, a lot of Will Howard on here. Um, they've got, put, they're trying to spy, see, hear anything, they're reading everything, they're listening to everything, anything at all that could be viewed as a potential edge giver, a, a little st- leg up. They're listening, they're trying to find and take any clues that they can to figure out who's going to start at quarterback because, in all honesty, just and again, not trying to read too much into this, Josh, those are two distinctly, ridiculously distinctly different styles. And now you got to spend the better part of two weeks when you're trying to – what would Sark always say? Well, we're working on ourselves, right? But you've got you to prepare for a guy in Will Howard that has just thrown the ball – maybe as well as any quarterback in the Big 12 the last two weeks, maybe as well as any quarterback in the country. And then an Adrian Martinez, a guy that, I mean, let's face it, when they've been running the football with Martinez, it's been as good as anyone in the country. So, yeah, I just think it's a few more mind games that are out there a little bit. Or I could just be totally overreacting to a hype video. Well, I do think probably there is a level of strategy here for Kansas State. Now – I don't know if Coach Kleiman went in and told the social media folks, all right, guys, you know what to do. Get that Will Howard video up stat, baby, because Adrian Martinez is back. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to pull a fast one on the horns this week. But I don't know, maybe, right? I'm not maybe. totally ruling, ruling it out either. I think if you're Texas, clearly you're preparing for both, right? I think you're spending an equal amount of time thinking, planning, that it's going to be either Adrian Martinez or Will Howard. And you're right, I mean – 
you know, while Will Howard's been great, it probably is a Kansas State team that is a little bit more dangerous with Adrian Martinez. So if there's one piece of the planning puzzle that you would spend more time on, I think it's probably in that direction. Probably so. Probably so. But I don't – this league has been so fun to follow this year, right? And this by no means is me trying to make a statement about the future of OU and the SEC or anything. But, man, kudos to the, kudos to the Big 12. It's been, it's been craziness at every single turn. And just seeing a Kansas State team that lost to a Tulane team that's ranked and is in the 918 this week and against Tulsa – um, I mean, we all pretty much buried Kansas State, and since then, you know, they've just been a wagon. And Kansas State's only loss is a game that they dominated early. It took their third-string quarterback throwing a pick to get TCU back in the game. So it's a really good football team. It's been fun. It's been fun to follow this league and to see the way that Oklahoma has been resurgent in it as well. All right, so Josh Helmer, quick little update on the weather, and then we'll get to the air comfort solutions. Or, excuse me, then we'll get to our uh, – Audio highlights of the week and our elite roofing system, who's on top. Zach has checked in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. He writes, when I left Weatherford, it was 45 degrees. I just got to OKC, and it's 65. It's coming, boys. We mentioned we needed a weather update. Dr. Kevin Clazel has checked in on the super secret Textoso line. Hmm. Front is inbound. Will arrive after lunch, much colder this afternoon and evening with rain showers and lightning storms into the evening. I saw what the National Weather Service had put out as well. They said, what, around 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. is that timeline for when we should be worried about that, that swath across the state of potential severe weather. But so far, so good. Dr. Clazel also updated the forecast for tomorrow. Uh, chilly morning, 40 degrees, breezy, pleasant, 64 degrees for the game. So maybe a little bundle up in the morning, but Josh doesn't look like for tomorrow there's any weather worries. But looks like we'll be breaking out a jacket and a hoodie here in about uh, two hours from now in Norman, OKC, Tulsa, Piedmont, Bixby, Janks, you name it. They're gonna, You're going to be – feeling the effects of this front that's rolling through. So be smart out there. Yeah, for anybody Look listening in Bigsby or Jenks, uh, be prepared for that heavy winter coat. Like I said, like I said, really cool that they were covering the high school football games, and they did a good job, but it's just and, – And they were there, man. I mean, we got to give them credit. Yeah, they, they were there, there for the biggest yeah. win in Jenks history. Jenks history. <laughs> All right, um, Anything, I think we're good on the weather. You guys keep it coming. Uh, there's tons of texts that I haven't got to yet, but I did promise some audio, so let me follow through. Thanks to Eddie and carrying the crew over at Sooner Scoop for putting this out. Uh, Billy Bowman talked about his return, how he's feeling, and obviously the desire for OU to force more turnovers. Maybe. Billy? Maybe. Oh, Billy. Billy, oh, Billy. Come, Come on, Billy. <sighs> this sounds like it's a Chris Plank problem right now. Yeah, I was very, you know, last year I, I dealt with injury at the beginning of the season as well, and so I just felt like I just needed to come back, and, you know, I've been 
Um, I've been very confident in my play this year, and so I just was ready to get back, and now I'm back, and so I'm just willing to do whatever. Uh, we just got to take it day by day, and it started today, which I feel like we had a great day of practice today. You know, we come back tomorrow and have a great day of uh, Tuesday practice, and so um, I feel like this is a, a good Baylor team. They like to run the ball a lot, and they, they pride themselves on being physical, and so we just got to come up to show um, our second-to-last game in the Palace, so we got to do it. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Forgot my edit. Forgot my edit. Um, is that the coach? That was the coach, and we're going to get to that in exactly two seconds because he kind of talks about what's kind of been the key to the defense forcing turnovers. Let's just focus real quick on Billy Bowman. Um, did not seem 100% last week, right? Uh, in fact, it was weird. I was going back and forth with a lot of people pregame, just, hey, what Andrew Shepard and I were talking. You know, Gabe was kind of giving his perspective on it, Teddy as well. He looked – Billy looked really good, right? He was doing everything in pregame warm-ups that you would typically see someone do if they're going to play. And then all of a sudden when the game started, he wasn't out there. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Um, but then, uh, you know, which is kind of unique, I think, at least in my history, whenever you have a guy that's been a starter that sits out about four or five series and all of a sudden he comes in, it's like, whoa, where did, where did that come from? And he played with that brace. I don't know if he's still going to have that bulky brace on his knee. But, I mean, let's face it, Josh, it makes a difference when he's out there, Captain Obviousing right now. Um, but as, you know, we learned from Coach Venables during his Tuesday presser, it also was not necessarily a blessing, but it gave some younger guys an opportunity. And I think a Robert Spears Jennings really took advantage of that as someone not only to provide – you know, quality depth the rest of the season. But as you think about 2023, you know, you you watch Robert Spears Jennings out there, and he looks like a dude that can be a difference maker. I mean, I think there's an argument to be made that it's making Oklahoma a better football team or has made Oklahoma a better football team both right here, right now, and obviously moving forward. Now, having said that, obviously you'd like one of your best defensive pieces uh, to be there and to be available so it's huge for Oklahoma that Bowman's back but I'll entertain arguments if you want to try and try and sell me the idea that Oklahoma's got a better chance to beat Baylor Oklahoma State West Virginia Tech coming down the stretch almost in part because Bowman missed a little time you want to hear from uh, Brent Venables and kind of how he feels about what has been some of the keys to Oklahoma and the the increase in turnovers they forced Let's, Let's hear from the head football work. coach. What are the odds this is actually going to work? I Watch a guy run oh. around. He looks pretty good. And Bowman, um, too. My thing, my question is, how do you feel? You know, is there pain? Is there, is there swelling? Uh, I don't want to, you know, put him in harm's way. And that was my fear. Of, uh, and I don't think he came on, you know, from the trainer standpoint, he came back right on time. Everybody heals different, you know. Yeah, uh, the brace, I just wear it. I like it, actually, for, for comfort and for stability. You know, I can go out there and play with, without it, but why, why take that risk? Somebody fall on my knee, you know, something like that. So I just wear the knee for stability, and I like it. So it's, it's that type of deal. Good stuff. Uh, thanks to the guys over at Sooner Scoop for putting that up. So everything you could possibly know about Billy Bowman, right, from not just how he's dealing with it to how the, the, the coach is kind of handling it and what he's seen, then to Bowman wearing that bulky knee brace. As he said, he's comfortable with it, but we'll see how long he continues to, uh, to go with that. Now, we mentioned a defense that is starting to do a better job of forcing some turnovers, but you're doing it against a team that – 
you know, has been pretty smart with the football in their wins. But in their losses, they'll hand it to you. Here's what Brent Venables had to say about Baylor's offensive attack. Get ready phase, the transformation phase, you know, start of the season, uh, summertime, all the work that they put into it, you want to see them have success. So that's what I want to see, you know, and I want them to, at the end of the year, you know, we call it up one last time to have no regrets, and that's been my challenge. Don't worry about the scoreboard. Don't worry about, uh, you know, the winning and the losing. Don't focus on that. Focus on the effort and the details and the preparation and the commitment and the sacrifice and the belief and the trust and the support for one another. Focus on that because that's that's how you're going to be judged. And the result will take care of itself. Now, you come up short and you've done everything that you can possibly do, then you have no regrets. That's for all of us. And, and so, you know, not going to be judged by, you know, scoreboard. And, and, uh, and winning is important. I like to win. And there's a difference between winning and losing. There ain't no, oh, it's an ugly win. No, it, win is a win in any way, shape, or form. And people that say, oh, that's an ugly win are people that have no respect or value on what it takes to win, in my opinion. You, uh, you agree, Josh? I, I think that probably there's been an indoctrination, a reminder for myself. Uh, well, really, probably less me, Plank. You've been better about this historically than myself. But for myself and others out there that, yes, in fact, winning is not some guarantee. It's difficult to do. Uh, 9-0 and last season, though, look, you know, if we're talking about the national championship meter, Right? How close or far away is Oklahoma to that? Okay, well then, you know, you can judge 9-0 and a certain way, right? And say it's not quite up to that right. standard. But in general, hey, it ain't all bad being 9-0 and or finishing the regular season last year 10-2. and And I think that, you know, the three-game losing streak this season was a nice little reminder that winning – Winning's good. <laughs> Winning ain't easy, right? And uh, <laughs> and obviously, uh, yes. So the Venables is correct. It's not you don't just show up because you're Oklahoma and win football games. People want to beat you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one more. There is, you know, I, I mentioned turnovers. I was going through this. You know, Baylor is a team that, like I said, they they've not been what many tried to tell you they were going to be in the preseason, and that's fine, right? They graduated. A lot of dudes to the National Football League. But where can you get them turning the football over? For the season, they are about minus one in turnovers, right? But in games that they've lost, they're a minus four. They turned it over four times against West Virginia. They turned it over two times against Oklahoma State. Surprisingly, there were no turnovers against Baylor, so – you know, it's, the numbers are a little bit skewed, but if we just want to say in Big 12 play, Josh, in their two losses, they're minus four in the turnover battle, and they've been really good protecting the football on their wins. So, to me, protect the football on Saturday. Tanoga, right? Takeaways, no giveaways. And maybe attack the edges a little bit because, as Jeff Levy told us, the interior of that offensive line is going to be challenged by a very good interior of the Baylor defensive line I mean they are they're really really stout inside uh, have played really well um, <clears throat> you know I think for us it's about being really efficient being really good on first down finding us in some better third down situations uh, and, and staying on the field to, to create uh, 
you know, as much stress as we can for them defensively. But they're incredibly stout inside and, and playing well. There you go. I mean, so there you go. Little quick snapshot with some audio. Thanks to the Sooner Scoop guys for that. Truly appreciate it, Eddie. All right, ten eighteen. You ready for your elite roofing system? Who's on top? I'm ready, my friend. I am I've ready. Got, I have broke out a new notebook, so I've wiped the slate clean from years past or weeks past. We've got uh, Elite Roofing System who's on top. We do this every Friday on the show as part of our OEC Fiber Football Friday. We dive into the player in the uh, – why can I not spit this out? We dive into the OU player, the Big 12 player, the college football player, and the NFL player that we think is going to have a massive weekend. And it's all brought to you by Elite Roofing System. We'll do it next, and we'll do it live right here on The Ref. <laughs> all right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. We are on the road today, as we are on most OEC Fiber Football Fridays. We're at Winter Creek Golf and Social Club. This place is really cool. Have you ever been out here before, Josh? I haven't. No, is it pretty sweet? You, you send me some pictures or tweet some out or something. Yeah, well, here, I'm going to give you a website to check out. All right? This is Now, you can't tell anyone. This is like my very... And, and I hear Toby talking about his very secret membership to this club named Sam's, and I'm a little bit jealous because... Can't be spreading those words, Toby. Those are secret memberships that no one should know about. But I'm going to give you a very secret website. It's called wintercreekgolf.com. And it's as awesome in person as it is in pictures. They're on Instagram. They're on the Book of Faces. Uh, you can check them out. Great pro shop. Really neat track. And I'll tell you, their 19th hole is incredible here. Their little sports bar they have. I say sports bar it's a restaurant uh that they have tons of tvs great people out here in blanchard learn more by going to wintercreekgolf.com and we'll learn more about their relationship with david goodspeed and the good folks at oec fiber coming up in about 20 minutes from now so i have an idea josh for the elite roofing system who's on top for this weekend okay and you tell me what you think because we're a little bit behind because we got carried away in the first segment, go figure. I thought it might be cool to just do the OU guys this segment and then next segment get into Big 12, college football, and the NFL. How's it sound to you? Absolutely. Let's stretch our legs a little bit. By the way, if you could uh, – before we before we dive into any of this, can you please work, do you know how to work on dropping a pin location for one Parker Thune who's trying to come out and greet you out there at the, uh, the club today? So I thought if I, I thought if I just typed current location into my, uh, in, into my messenger that it would do it. But yes, I am on it as we speak. I've got you. I've got you. This is going to take old man a second to make sure that he gets it to you ASAP. So sh do I share my location? Yeah, there we go. I think so. Share my – there you go. Parker, there you go. Come see me. And don't get freaked out whenever you turn down that road where it looks like you're not going anywhere. It's exactly where you need to be. <laughs> you know that road where you're like, am I lost? No, no, no. You're on your way to heaven, baby, out here at Winter Creek Golf and Social Club. All right. 
Elite Roofing Systems, who's on top. Serving all of your Oklahoma roofing needs. Um, locally owned and operated, headquartered in Norman and Tulsa, and serving customers in the greater OKC area since 2010. EliteRoofOK.com. Josh, I always like to let you go first. So which sooner are you choosing to have the big day on Saturday? Well, I, I think this is a sneaky, important key for Oklahoma. I wouldn't say that I'm worried about it, but, you know, coming off of a week where you had, I, I want to say, 11 combined targets, and it might have been more than that, uh, off the top of the head, could be a, a, a dangerous game uh, for my memory anymore, but 11 targets and just the four receptions, and I think it was 24 yards combined for Mims and Braden Willis. Obviously, that has to be much, much better, I think, for Oklahoma against Baylor for them to accomplish what they want to accomplish in this game. So I'm going to say that Mims has a monster bounce-back performance. There was somebody on the YouTube comments this week on our podcast that was, like, real freaked out about what was going on. Hey, you guys got to criticize Marvin Mims more. Hey, dude, it's Marvin Mims' first bad game in his entire collegiate career. We're not, we're not too worried about Marvin Mims, but I think Mims has a monster return this week I think obviously he's motivated about what didn't happen positively for him in Ames last week I'm looking for a multiple touchdown performance several uh several hundred yards perhaps receiving from Mims I think it's a monster day for him it's still weird to try to figure out right like what happened I've I feel like gosh I'm saying a bunch of stuff that I hate when people say so if you guys hate me for it except I I accept it because I'd be mad too I feel like I know Marvin pretty well. I hate it when reporters say that, but I'm not a reporter, I guess. And he's always been good at this here, reporter Josh Helmer. But I feel like I've got to know Marvin pretty well. And I don't know if I've seen him madder than he was on Saturday. And that includes OU Texas this year. And he was pretty mad after that. But it was just, it's a really good pick, I guess, to start number one. Because in what I've seen from Baylor, your receivers, if you're, and I think Oklahoma can have some success throwing the football, but you're going to be forced, you're going to be forced to be physical. And I think I think that is something that, Marvin wants to show and has shown he can do. Right? Struggled maybe a little bit when he got moved inside, but he's a year older, a year stronger, and I think he's better at it. But he's the the Baylor corners aren't necessarily what they were last year, but they're they're still very physical. So, you know, I, I would challenge anyone and I know again, we do this so you guys because you y'all have lives where you've got real real life jobs and you've got a st- You've got to work, man. I can I, I can sit here and dig a little deeper for you in that time that you don't get. But you, you go back and you watch some of those some of those games that Baylor lost. The BYU game, the West Virginia game, hell, even the Oklahoma State game. The Oklahoma State game featured some special teams, just blunders by Baylor that you don't see. I'm I'm getting to where I point out, you're going to be challenged to have to make some competitive catches. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Uh, JT Daniels was having to fit balls in tight windows, and his receivers had to make plays. So I, I love the pick, Josh, because 
to me, and Braden Willis is a great example, right? To me, you're going to have to make competitive catches if you're an Oklahoma receiver. And I think that's an area where Marvin Mims has excelled. And I think you're going to see a guy that's been a little extra motivated, right? Didn't seem down. I watched his his media, at least I think oh, I think Hoover and all Sooners had put up quite a bit of it on their YouTube page the other day. Maybe maybe it was on, on Parker's. I don't know. Regardless, it was really – it was good to see his mindset because, I mean, I might be on that guy's side if it was a dude whose head was still down and was still kind of moping a little bit, but it appears as if Marvin Mims is a dude, Josh, that has kind of accepted that, that hey, that's that was the anomaly. Not today. That was the anomaly, and we're gonna we're gonna get better. We're gonna get better from that. Yeah, I think so. I like it. You know, from a look, eagle-eyed focus. What needs to happen for Oklahoma to beat Baylor this week? Got it. For Marvin Mims individually, it's it's important for him what happens this week. You know, for a couple months down the road, right? You get into those NFL combine and NFL draft conversations, which obviously is going to be a part of those, we would imagine, right? And teams are going to want to know, how did you handle adversity? So here you go. Here's your chance. Hey, look, I I wasn't very good at Iowa State. Came back the next week, had a big, big time performance. I think it's a great pick. So put Marvin Mims down for Josh Helmer. I'm going to go – I want to go a little off the board, but I don't know if I'm smart enough because I think someone like Andrew Rame needs to have a big day. Uh, and then in that, the interior of the OU offensive line, right? You, a, Andrew Rame, you know, whichever way you're going, if it's Matoyer or Conjol or maybe we start seeing more Savion Bird, uh, but Chris Murray, Josh, I think – where Baylor is really, really good defensively, right, where it appears as if they're going to have an edge over you, is on the interior of their defensive line. And uh, Siaki Ika is just, he's a stud. And they have Gabe Hall. They have Jackson Player, who transferred in from Tulsa. Um, I, I don't know if 54 pops as much as I thought he might, but an Ika... Hall and player, they've got some dudes, right? And from what Gabe has said, they create a lot of confusion in what they do defensively, or at least try to. And they'll bring guys from different angles, and they're very violent. So there's a part of me that wants to like try to outsmart the room and go, say, uh, Andrew Rame or the interior of that defensive line. But to me, he's going to be able, being able to run the football. So I'll fall back in on Eric Gray. And, listen, both running backs are, are a fantastic case study in this game right now. Baylor, is a, Baylor hasn't been able to keep a running back healthy this season. That's kind of been, that's been the issue with the Baylor Bears. And so they finally turn to Richard Reese, and it absolutely takes off. Last two games, he's averaging 167 yards per game, five touchdowns, five yards per carry. But in that same vein, Josh, I really feel like something is clicking with the OU run game. Eric Gray's coming off his 101-yard performance against Iowa State, which was the Big 12's top rushing defense. Uh, As a team, OU's rushing attack is at 218 per game, 218 yards per game, almost five yards per carry, and 2.3 touchdowns per game. So give me Eric Gray to stay hot because I think whoever runs the ball better wins this game. 
And for Oklahoma to win the game, I think they're going to need a big dose of gray. And we'll see if it's Javante Barnes. We'll see if it's Marcus Major. You know, I, I, I don't think magically Gavin Sawchuck is going to appear and you know, be able to spell Eric Gray if necessary. So you need it to be Barnes if that hamstring's good to go or Marcus Major. But give me Eric Gray for my elite roofing systems who's on top. I love it. You know, there's so much talk coming in about can Oklahoma stop Baylor rushing the football? Well, Baylor's good, right? I mean, the the stats bear that out that Baylor's one of the better rushing defenses in America, but can they slow down one of the best rushers? nationally in america in eric gray and great hopefully, question hopefully the answer is no right for oklahoma yeah. fans i was kind of surprised by this just digging into some of the defensive numbers for uh for baylor they don't mm-hmm. have anybody anybody beyond matt jones that has more than one and a half sacks so it's not like they've just had some game-breaking pass rusher this season yeah and and last weekend was the weekend when they finally got after the quarterback you know, it just it hadn't been something that they were doing. And I think for the Baylor peeps, it was a little bit frustrating because it's like, hey, what? it's it's an area where they thought they were going to be, I don't want to use the term dominant, but it was an area where they were, they were feeling like they were going to have some success. And it just, it hasn't materialized this year. It's not a good statistic defense. Uh, it's not a good statistically impressive defense, right? There's a lot of things where you're like, whoa, they're, I, I haven't seen Dave Aranda's defense down that low. Now, if you subscribe to total defense, that's great, but I think everyone on this you know, very radio program is more of a scoring defense kind of a guy. And Baylor's, you know, they're giving, they're giving up four scores a game. They're 50th in the country. So that's not, that's not what Dave Aranda – typically it had with his scoring defense in the past. And you mentioned sacks, Josh. I mean, you really, really have to dig to find where they are sack-wise in, in the college football landscape. It's just – and even after, what was it, a, a five-sack performance last week. I want to say Baylor was like a top-10 team last year in sacks. You know, this year they're, they're not even a top-60 team. In, in sacks that they've had this season. So it's been it's been a much different year defensively and not as statistically impressive as it was last year for Baylor. I could find but, out where they were in sacks last season if you would ooh, like. Can you? Go for it. Where were they? How quickly can you do it? That's not very question. quickly, but I can have it for you after the break. Okay. <laughs> we'll take a break. When we Baylor, by the way, 63rd in the country this year in sacks. 63rd. Uh, they've only had 17 sacks on the season. They're averaging... Just a little over two per game. Quick break. All right, we're going to have to hustle through the Big 12, college football, and the NFL next. Elite roofing system, who's on top right here on the ref? I keep, every so often during the break, I keep thinking of something from yesterday. And as we were coming back, I just told Josh, Washington's really good at football. (laughs) It was, I was just in awe. I mean, again, I've watched about every game this year, but it's just, Nerd moment here. I think we all kind of feel this way. When you follow a team, it's it's cool when you see them improve and get better throughout the year. Patty Gasso has taught me something really cool, um, and it's the joy is in the journey. And these journeys that we're on as fans, right, following the teams that we like, and maybe you have a kid that's that's playing high school ball and you've been following his career. I was um, 
I was talking last night to uh, Mr. Rainey, the Rainey's, and his son is a senior defensive tackle for Washington. And thinking about him watching his career, you know, come to a conclusion, hopefully, with the state championship. Colt Scott watching uh, these dudes for, for Bixby and Jinx last night. Josh, the guys you cover for Norman North, it's cool, right? It's cool. You see the you see the development, you see the process, you see the improvement, and it's nice when it trends in the right direction, which gets us back to our topic of this hour, focusing on spotlight players for this weekend. Now, Josh Helmer, you went with Marvin Mims for Oklahoma. I went with Eric Gray. In the Big 12, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to take Will Howard as my elite roofing system who is on top this weekend. I think they've wanted a guy that can push the ball down the field. I think they'll use Adrian Martinez some. Give me Will Howard to be on point this weekend against Texas. The way he's played so far this season, I don't think uh, that's a bad pick at all, assuming that that obviously uh, he does, in fact, get the start. And that Kansas State – it was, in fact, telling us something by putting the highlight video out to prepare his <laughs> fan base there. I'm going with uh, Jalen Daniels of Kansas to get the Ooh. Jayhawks to uh, bowl eligibility. Been practicing ahead of Kansas and Oklahoma State. I think he's playing, man. I think he's playing. And uh, I don't know that Spitzer Sanders is. So I think Kansas mm. is going to find a way. Finally. Finally, the Jayhawks back to bowl eligibility. I think they, uh, I think they beat the Cowboys this weekend. In college football, there's obviously a couple of big games, including at two thirty, CBS, Tennessee, and Georgia. Josh, for my college football player to watch, Georgia's a big favorite at home. Things have been pretty easy for Stetson Bennett so far this season, and I know it's not the sexy numbers, but. Give me my elite roofing system who's on top pick this weekend of Stetson Bennett. It's the big games where he comes through 316 yards last week, though he turned it over twice and only completed 50% of his passes. Um, I think he's a big game player. I think Stetson Bennett, even though he turned it over twice last week, I've got him to have a big day in Georgia's win over Tennessee. We are like-minded individuals here. We uh, We're both – clearly are taking Georgia. I just think this is the prototypical great win for Tennessee at home versus Alabama in front of a raucous environment, right? Uh, Way to Mm -hmm. state your case that, okay, we're a serious player here in the SEC East and on the national stage. Georgia's the defending national champion. I think they proved that this weekend. Since you're taking Stetson Bennett, I'll take his number one running mate. I'll take Brock Bowers to have a a, a big uh, performance this weekend. I think Georgia's going to win this game by multiple scores. Uh, I've got a lot of respect for Hendon Hooker in Tennessee and Josh Heupel and everything that's happened out there. I just think this is kind of the prototypical not quite there just yet to the apex of the mountaintop. And I think Georgia reminds everybody, if, uh, if you forgot that uh, this season did, in fact, open with a 49-3 beatdown of Georgia putting the whooping on Oregon, well, welcome back to reality. I think Georgia <laughs> reminds you this weekend versus Tennessee. NFL, every week I would take Patrick Mahomes. This week I'm going to take Justin Fields. It was Justin Fields or Tom Brady. I just think Miami's getting a little bit too big for their britches. You know, I'd like the move for Bradley Chubb. Don't get me wrong, but you got two of like, hey, man, we, we're embracing the Super Bowl talk. You're like, 
you're you're a your third place football team right now. What 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 do you what do you mean you're embracing the the Super Bowl talk? Are you listening to our show on Sunday night? You're five and three. Stop it. So I think Justin Fields is going to go off and have a big weekend for the Bears. A little out of right field, huh? How about that? Who you got in the NFL? Man, uh, talk about out of out of left field, right? Can I take Aaron Rodgers still to play a good football sure. game? Sure. Why wouldn't you? Four straight Why losses. You? Four straight losses. This is uh, right now a season teetering on the edge of disaster in some in uh, Green Bayville might tell you it's already been pretty disastrous for the Packers. <laughs> I think that they find a way to finally get back into the win column. I think that Aaron Rodgers plays well against a not good Detroit team. So I think uh, I think finally that offense clicks a little bit for Green Bay. I expect them to win this weekend. And if it doesn't happen this weekend, then guess what? It ain't probably going to happen the rest of the season for Green Bay. But I do think that uh, they play well. There you go, Elite Roofing Systems. We do it every single week. Maybe if you're into player prop bets, that helps you out a little bit. Elite Roofing System, locally owned and operated, headquartered in Norman and Tulsa, serving customers in the greater OKC area since 2010. Learn more at EliteRoofOK.com. It's an OEC Fiber Football Friday. We got our top five stories today coming up right here on The Ref. I, I had an off-the-air question for you, Josh, but we'll just bring it to the show. Is David on hold? He is not. Oh, okay, okay. My bad. Do <laughs> I need to Josh call him? Was, no, I don't think so. I think he's going to call us. Um, Josh was giving this incredible countdown, and I'm like, Josh, do we do, – do we, Josh, do we – and then all of a sudden he's like, and you're back. I'm like <laughs> – and, and it's gone. Okay, and it's gone. All right, let me see here. Just uh, put your check right in here, and it's gone. Whoop, and it's gone. Do people get what that's from? I I would have, I hope a couple people out there know what we're referencing. Do we just say it's South right. Park? All right, Stan, I'm going to put your little, and it's gone. <laughs> and it's gone. My man Brian in Tulsa has checked in this morning. Proud Jinx alum on the Air Comfort Solutions check line, text line. What a game that was last night. Happy for my Trojans getting the dub last night. And I did go to Jinx, not Jenks. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure that I was watching Jenks and Bigsby last night, not Jinx and Bigsby. We'll have to double check. You know, as much as we want to poke fun at the broadcasting crew They last did a great night, job. Right. They did a great job. Well, and I was just going to say this. I hear a lot of people around here say Bigsby. Really? Oh. Josh, you need, you need to call them out by name. I might have had a problem with that early on in my career. I was the play-by-play voice for the Bixby Spartans whenever their starting quarterback was T.J. Eckert. So I got trial by fire. But, no, it's, it was really fun to see national coverage for that, those two teams last night. And then in that, Oklahoma High School football. Because apparently last night was the greatest moment in the history of Oklahoma High School football. It's pretty close, yeah. Kendall has an interesting Sooner point. Can we all agree that OU doesn't have CD Lamb 2.0 on the sidelines? Well, CD Lamb's a tough guy to find. Can I answer that with an I don't know? Because first of all, you're right, Josh. It's a little unfair. You know, CD Lambs aren't just I mean, he's what did Mike Tomlin say about Von Miller, Josh? Do you remember a couple weeks ago? I don't know why this stayed with me. Do you remember what Mike Tomlin said? It was such a good quote. Yeah. He said, 
Von Miller is an alien who's not from this world. Right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> CeeDee Lamb is an alien who's not from this world. Right. That mix of and I'm still so mad at the Raiders for not drafting him when they had a chance. You had two, the Raiders and the Broncos passed on him. Right. And he's just he's so I guess and he's he's the number one receiver for the Cowboys in his third season. OK, they moved on essentially from Amari Cooper, a because Amari Cooper made too much money and B, they had so much hope in CeeDee Lamb. OU has so, had Plank a lot of really talented receivers. And in terms of college to pros, CeeDee Lamb's the best that yeah, he's ever, might, ever played here. Well, he might be the most talented receiver we've ever seen in a Sooner uniform. And, you know, that's saying a lot with names like Broyles and Clayton and Brown. I mean, you, he's a stud. So, yeah, you, you might be right, but I like what I've seen from Nick Anderson, man. I know he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, and and he's going to probably end up redshirting this year, but he's fun. I think I think they've got a couple of other young guys who could develop. But for this year, yeah, probably a little unfair. Now Marvin Mims might end up being a first round pick, and right now he's still projected to be a first round pick. But it's it's tough when you're trying to – if you're going to hold everyone at that level, Kendall, you're going to be mad at, like, every receiver in a Sooner uniform. You've got what? In Mims, kind of like a Sterling Shepard? Yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bigger. Uh, Sooner Gary, the key to us forcing turnovers is the DBs actually catching the ball. The defense has missed several opportunities for interceptions. It's not as bad as it once was. I mean, I was thinking about this, driving home from Ames with Drake uh, and Tom Shores. The interceptions, the plays they made on defense against Iowa State were balls that they dropped in 2020, you know, plays they could have made. I think they're getting better. But sooner, Gary, you're right. When those up to that point this season, I mean, how many turnovers should Kansas have had? I mean, we got guys dropping balls all over the place. There's an out of context. All right, quick break. Our top five stories today. Keep the tweets coming, for, or the text coming, 405-651-3439. It's an OEC Fiber Football Friday live from Winter Creek Golf and Social Club in Blanchard.